Uh, and your your character, Logan Roy, is surrounded by his children who are all conspiring against him. Can he possibly survive this? I think he'll survive in the only way he can survive. So, yes, he will. And you and, and, and Logan Roy uh, uh, are, are both from Dundee, Brian. Uh, mm -hmm. Is that is that where the the similarities end, or have you got uh, a bit in common with your character? Well, the the irony is that when I started the show, they asked me if I want. You know, they said, "Oh, he's." He, you know, I, I suggested. I said, "You know, he could he could be with the name Logan Roy." I thought, you know, it sounds very Scottish. I said, "He could be Scottish." Jesse Armstrong would have none of it. He said, "Oh no, he's got to be American. He's got to be American." I said, "Okay." Adam McKay, or as we would say, Mackay. Adam McKay, he's, who's our American co-producer, he thought that that wasn't a bad idea, but no, it had to be American. So, we, you know, we only get the scripts incrementally. We never, we were very lucky if we get a full script. And uh, anyway, we got we got the script, and uh, but it didn't have my birthday in it. And finally, we got the pages from my birthday, and I was already already shot some stuff, and. Uh, I suddenly saw he was born in Quebec, which, as far as I can tell... <laughs> it's not, not Dundee. The, no, it's not the United States, it's Quebec. So um, I thought, well, geography seems to be a miss here. So uh, then I went on and on, and we did nine episodes, and I'm down in East North filming the ship's wedding, and suddenly uh, Peter Friedman, who I keep firing and rehiring, said, oh, I've just done an ADR session, which is like a dubbing session post-sinking he said and uh, they've changed your birthplace i said what do you mean they've changed my birthplace well you're no longer born in dundee i mean you're no longer born sorry you're no longer born in quebec and i said well where am i born and he looked at his device and he said oh uh, somewhere called the dundee scotland and i said well that's where i was born and he said well that's a coincidence i said yeah it's a hell of a you know what coincidence i said you know i didn't and then i went up to jesse and i said you know nine episodes What's going on? And this is the writers for you. Oh, we thought it'd be a little surprise. I said, it's a hell of a fucking surprise. I said. <laughs> so when well, you're going into character there, uh, Brian, uh, let's, let's watch a, a clip of, uh, of uh, Brian in action as Logan Roy. I'm going to build something bigger, faster, wilder. I want to kill the opposition. Cut their throats. We are So, so Brian, they, I mean, obviously multi-award winning Golden Globes coming out your ears for succession. I'm interested, when you first got the, the script five years or, or, or whatever ago, Longer. were, were no, you able longer. to look at that and say, look, this is a zinger, this is, I mean, can you tell that early it's going to be a monumental I, success? Well, I mean, having seen Jesse's work on In the Thick of It and The Peep Show, hmm. well, I actually hadn't seen The Peep Show at that point, but I did some subsequently see the picture but i mean i just knew that this had to be in great hands and also it's in the tradition of all those dynasty things like dallas and and dynasty you know so that has that quality about it but except it's got an edge and it's also a satire and it's also written in a very political way so i knew i knew it was going to be a sex i didn't know that it was going to be such a success. I mean, it's become stellar beyond belief. It's just way up in the stratosphere now, you know, the success of the show. So I never expected that. Now, can we turn briefly to American politics? I mean, the 
former president of the United States is about to be arraigned uh, on Tuesday by the Manhattan District uh, Attorney. Uh, now, your estimate, I mean, you stay in America as well as here. Uh, is, is your opinion this is going to be the end of Donald Trump or do you think it is providing a, a platform for his comeback? Um, it, you know, ironically, the first day of our reading of Succession, our very first reading when we did the first pilot, pilot was actually the day that Donald Trump was elected president. And everybody ran off to see Hillary being elected. But I kind of knew in my the, from the bottom of my boots that she wasn't going to be elected because of the kind of horrific job that he was doing, just blasting everything left, right, and center. You know, one of America's problems is it really sacrifices community for individualism. And of course, Trump represents all the worst aspects of individualism. Absolutely. He's, he's a nutcase. I mean, he's, the guy actually needs to be certified in some way. He's living in the kind of cloud cuckoo land. And, uh, you know, he, and clearly, you know, there's, you know he's, we know about his relationship. We saw, we saw that wonderful thing with Billy Bush, that television thing where he, he described how he tra treated certain women. I mean, the man is reptilian in that way. And um, I think this is just the beginning. I think it'll be like, uh, you know, like cards falling down one after the other after the other. And, you know, he's he's a bit like a cat. He has got nine lives, but I think he's going to be running out of them quite soon. But And, and well, I mean, it's quite interesting. As you know, Brian, I, I take the occasional flutter on the horses. Uh, so I, I tend to look at the bookies odds. And what's happened over the last wee while, uh, given this uh, arraignment, given this prosecution, is that Trump's odds to become the Republican nominee have shortened. He's even more of an odds-on favourite. But his chances of becoming president have actually lengthened. Is that Would that be your uh, feeling as well? Yeah, I mean, I, I doubt, you know, I doubt if he gets arraigned and he, even if he has to pay something, He's a president with a criminal record, and you cannot be a president with a criminal record. So I think whatever the offence, it would mark against him and against his uh, the fact that he would be, you know, that he would win the nomination. Uh, and uh, I, I'm I'm a little hopeful that that the house of cards that he's built up will slowly fall down as we we'll see the first card, which is the Stormy Daniels card, and we'll see other cards. And eventually we'll end up with him inducing the riot on on the Feast of the Epiphany, January the 6th. That was his fault. He did that. We all witnessed it. We saw him persuade the crown. We saw him go there. And actually he said, I'll go with you. And then, of course, he buggered off. He never did. You know, so, I mean, that alone, you know, that alone should stand against him. You know, and are you saying basically that you know, although he's got a very strong following, and of course there'll be plenty of people who say this is all political, uh, that deep down America, for all its divisions, is still a, a law-abiding society. Uh, and well, there's it, respect for the law. There is very much respect for the law, you know, and he will try as, as hard as he can to, to circumvent that, but hopefully. Eventually, it'll catch up with them because it's in such a terrible, terrible state. Mind you, no worse a state than this country is at the moment with its awful government, but it's, it's pretty bad. 
Brian, you said something to me once uh, that, uh, that struck a real chord with me, that y you were arguing that in your experience in acting, going through acting in particular, but looking at society in general, that actually the 1960s was a much more egalitarian, democratic age than we have now. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, can you make that point? Um, because it's really a fascinating point. That we might be well, going I mean, backwards. No, I mean, the thing is, we haven't moved forward from the 1960s. I mean, I had Christopher Eccleston the other day on the radio, and him and Maxine Pike have been conducting this campaign in the Northwest about the Oldham Coliseum, which is closed, and there will be a theatre following. But the point is that the erosion of the arts in this country has been appalling. When I was 16, I was coming, yeah, I was just, I just coming up to my 17th birthday, and I came to London. I had a full grant. I was given, you know, my mother was a widow. I was given a full grant, so that means my expenses were paid, my education was paid, and I had the best time and the most productive time of my life to, as, as a student. And it was a brilliant period because the 60s was the period of social mobility where people came and moved and the, the, everything, anything was possible. But now we've seen, I mean, guys from my background, and Christopher was talking about this, and Maxine as well, guys from my, my background do not have, and gals as well, I'm not just talking about men, gals, we don't have the, the pathway into the arts as we used to have. I was encouraged. I was welcome. Nowadays, you know, it's, it's, it's down to the public schools. Not that I've got anything against the Benedict Cumberbatches and the Dominic mm. Wests and the Eddie Redmaynes. They're wonderfully, wonderful actors. There's no question about that, and I wouldn't want to curtail them in any way whatsoever. But the problem is, it's, it's only going towards a particular strata of society. The rest of the... I mean, I've just done this program on how the other half lives... And I went back up to Dundee, my hometown, and quite frankly, it was really depressing to see how retrograde everything had come. You know, when I was a kid, in my backyard, we everything was there. The greenie poles were there where they hung the washing out. The washing was there. Everybody, there was a sense of community, particularly post-war, you know, and I was a child post-war. So you had a sense of something. And there was a sense of, and, and everybody had their name on the door. Nowadays, you go back there, and it's derelict beyond belief. No one's taking care of the backyard. It's, and it was pristine in my day, and I, I couldn't believe it. I was shocked. And then, not only that, nobody has their name on the door. It's flat one, flat two. Flat, and it's this process of depersonalization, which is going on and on and on. And uh, it's got to stop. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's up to whatever government gets in to change that, because this government certainly isn't and certainly won't. It's not in their interest to do so. Brian, your, thing... your alter ego, uh, Logan Roy, <laughs> Dundee born, obviously had a different uh, life from your socialism is ingrained in your upbringing. Uh, but Logan Roy uh, came to obviously a, a fictional character, obviously, but came to a very different conclusion. The, the, well, did. Did, that, did that give you a, a challenge in trying to portray somebody with fairly diametrically opposed views? Yeah, I mean, it's a challenge in that you find, you, you, you have to find out why this man comes to the decisions that he's come to. And the, the, the thing that I realised about Logan is he's a cynic. He's a great cynic. You know, he has no trust in anything. And, uh, and only his own desire and his own business. That's all he trusts. But his cynicism comes from a kind of place of, uh, of actually, you know, when you look at a cynic, they're always destroyed romantics. 
So I, my vision of Logan was he believed in something at one time in his life, and then he lost faith big time. And that loss of faith pushed him into the right-wing direction. And that's why he was following, plowing his particularly horrible furrow. Now, as a socialist, you won't be thinking too much of Rishi Sunak, but would you have any words of advice for the relatively new prime minister to change his ways? I don't think he can. I, I, I think the you know it's very interesting. I, mean, I remember what in the 1960s when I when the Wilson government first got in, people kept kept talking about 13 years of Tory misrule. Well, listen, these last 13 years have been far worse than those 13 years, and those 13 years were pretty bad. And we constantly, constantly do this with our succeeding governments. We shoot ourselves in the foot all the time. Uh, that's why I'm for an, that's also Alex why I'm for an independent Scotland as am I as am I now listen you 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 spend a lot of your time in the states obviously for your pursuing the career the Nashville school shooting an illustration of this extraordinary scar which erupts in American society have you any thoughts on that I think it's horrific I really do and I think it's you know those poor kids and that you know that terrible poor lassie you know the woman the girl who did the the deed i mean you go how did this lassie get to this state how did that come to and it's to do with the sense of breakdown in community all is all that is encouraged is be who you are be who you are at the expense of your community that's what it means and that's where and and people become more and more margin, marginalized become more and more crazy and then you get this Horrific, horrific Nashville shooting. I mean, all the shootings have been horrific. And it'll go on, because they will not do anything about it. They will not stop it. They won't give up their, you know. I mean, you think about it. It's that section, whatever it is, it's based on the fact that it was muskets. You know, what you did is you had a musket, you held it up, you put powder in it, then you put a ball in it, then you stoked it with a, put a pointer, and then you fired it once, and then you did the same again. You didn't kill five people within 20 seconds. Brian, uh, well said and well spoken, and I can't resist this. I, I want you to get into uh, into character. Uh, what would Logan Roy say now to Donald J. Trump? Well, I don't think you would like Donald J. Trump at all. He would be someone who's the antithesis in many ways of Trump's uh, kind of you know, he would he would not like them. There would be no love between Donald Trump and Logan Roy because Donald Trump, Logan Roy would think Donald Trump was a complete freaking idiot, <laughs> honestly. And he would go, "What a dumbass! What an idiot!" Yeah. And yeah, and, 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 and Brian Cox, absolutely fantastic. Many thanks indeed for for joining us. Uh,